Actually, the sun. Oh, you're a cheeky bug. That was so sneaky, cheeky, wasn't it? Very sneaky. <laughs> we don't have to talk about babies, do I? <laughs> well, they're pretty, pretty present, aren't they? They're pretty cute. In the, in the field, in the field, there's babies everywhere. In my field, anyway, in my personal field, babies coming, babies dreaming up. Babies arrived, new new life from where? I don't know where they come from or where they go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Look, I'll use that little motion to introduce you, Diana Black, um, the circle of life energetic seeker and dream weaver that you are, um, psychotherapist, holistic oh. counsellor, um, South Coast New South Wales, Milton. Milk, do you go by Milton? Is that what you say? Um, well, I actually, I'm in Morton at this point, but um, where I usually practice from is Molly Mook. Okay. And Chad Taylor, what are we going to give you today? Um, where are you? Let me have a look at you. Okay, mustachioed man of, of deep entrenched wisdom, the bastion of calm. <laughs> the, the collection of consciousness embodied in one and um, the searing, piercing wordsmith of, of pure cutting consciousness here and now, introducing you as a holistic counsellor, psychotherapist, like Conjola, just weapon of all things psychotherapeutically ninja. You are here, Chad. <laughs> we are with you. Hello, Beautiful. Guys. And you? Me, Dean D'Ampany. Full stop. <laughs> I'm down in Lake Tabari. We're, we're all on the same page as far as what we're practising. We're all about basically trying to guide each other and, and the people that we're working with um, to better outcomes um, you know, over, over time, I guess, using the psyche as the medium of our exchange and, yeah, I guess relying on um, relying on the premise that um, the consciousness speaks to us in many different ways and to try and see um, behind the curtains a little bit and see what we can peek through the window and see a little bit further beyond what presents itself in its um, more surface layers, in its more surface exterior. How's that? All right, there's way too much talking from me. Let's get back to babies, dying. I'm going to throw it back at you. I'm just so impressed with your spontaneous eloquence, Dean. You're just so eloquent. Well, thank you. I tripped over myself about three times at least in the last two or three minutes. So we've, as long as we don't press re rewind, it. it's okay. Oh, amazing, amazing. The beautiful words that just dribbled out your mouth then were just amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It feels like we're all in good spirits, Chad. I haven't had a proper chance to check in with you and just, you know, we, we just spoke um, before I pressed record sneakily uh, about the fact there's a lot going on. Chad, you said that you know, specifically for you there's, there's tons going on for you right, right now. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. There's a lot going on for me at the moment, just... Busy Christmas rush, the same as everybody else, I think. But um, I'm quite in 
intrigued about this topic. I was just thinking when um when Di was sharing then, you know, this little ball of consciousness human comes into the world, mm. male or female, we give it a name, we give it a religion if that's the way we are inclined and we kind of mould it to be who we want it to be. And I was just, yeah, I was just contemplating that as we were talk, as we were sort of discussing what we were going to talk about, you know, and for me, my mind straight went to gender roles and, you know, on, on the topic yeah. and the theme that we've been carrying throughout this podcast, gender roles and how they're formed and, yeah, and, and how innocent and pure each little life force is that comes into the world but how different they are even from other biological siblings. Mm, it's fantastic. I think that's an amazing way to kick off. It definitely inspires me to, um, to feel deeper into, into the energy of the newborn, into, the, into this, um, what I consider to be a pure spirit that enters you know, enters the, the world of you know, basically blood and flesh and human existence. You know, we always say, right, that um, there are greatest guides, the children, the young ones. We look at them and, and we can learn. And, uh, yeah, I guess conversely, they're looking at us and learning from what um, they see from us. And, you know, it feels really clear to me that we've got a lot more that we can unlearn by seeing their purity than, than or by experiencing into their purity much more so than what I feel like we can guide them. I guess we can guide them, we can guide the, the new, new little ones into this world to, to hopefully survive. We can, you know, make sure they can identify certain things that might eat them or crash into them or that they might fall off, whatever it might be. But, um, yeah, as far as, you know, my friend's perspective of association and duality in terms of trying to basically keep our minds as free and open as possible. You know, my intention is to is become much more like the newborn child that sees everything without association as possible other than the things I need to learn that I'm going to need to avoid to survive. And, um, yeah, otherwise just keep, keep that mind busted wide open. They're great teachers. That's really what I'm trying to say in three words. They are great forwards teachers. I suppose um, we've got a cup. Oh, sorry. Go straight. Go. I was just going to, oh, I was no. just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say there's a, there's a loud noise in the background coming through for me. I just thought if somebody got a cockatoo smashing something against the door or something, <laughs> just some, it's coming through loud. Might be your end, but you can't. I've got a feeling it's at my end. It's actually out of my control. Um, yeah, so apologies to okay. all the, That's the, all right. to the to the three listeners out there. Um, you know, we might have more than three listeners. Maybe maybe ten. Hello to you guys out there. Um, but yeah, it's a bit out of my control. I don't think it'll be around for long though. So it's all good. Okay, you go with what we were going to say, Chad. I'll just. <clears throat> With the gender role thing that I was sort of contemplating, I was thinking maybe asking you, Di, um, if you remember back to, you know, 
because I've, I've got girls and I know Dean's got boys, so we've only got one gender each, obviously okay. opposite genders. I was just wondering if, if yeah, you can remember it being much uh, different having boys than girls. Um, that's an interesting thought because I was thinking about that as this beautiful baby came into the world and because it's summer, you know, we haven't, Catherine hasn't um, imposed gender clothing or, or whatever. He's just in a lovely nappy and, and swaddled. And so, number one, we tend to do a blue or a pink, you know, that blue-pink thing is ridiculous too. And I noticed a lot of young mums today are doing white, lemon, olive, and the, the rust and earthy colours rather than trying to impose gender straight away or um but yeah that arrival of a little soul yeah is is neutral i mean i don't think you other than their anatomy there is no difference until possibly around age two when they tend to become aware of their own separateness and existence and i did note with my son that he was much more independent but he was the firstborn too so that's also the position in in order the order of birth in families that makes a huge difference too but um he was so much more independent and um yeah naturally more inquisitive and could be a personality how do you distinguish between what's personality but the girls were a lot more, they stayed more clingy and more attached for longer, I think. Yeah, and I guess I'd like to ask, do you, do you remember if there was any, like, parenting differences? Oh, like I see. You're talking about... grandparents or... Yeah, I think... No, I think I treated... My parenting was very much the same um, towards all of them. It is, you, you do tend to do things like buy your son a truck to push around and give your girl a doll, but they were, they were, they had all of those things available. So they were able to choose whatever, you know, like for instance, Lego or whatever. They were all interested in that. And that's a, mechanical building sort of thing and then but yeah you know one of my daughters was very much more naturally leaning towards the clothing and you know and the um I think that's more of a personality thing and a de- than a gender thing I think whatever's going on in their environment with their parents is probably the biggest influence and and what what the parents lifestyle and values are is the biggest influence but newborn i think it's just this beautiful soul and energy and you know it's only really whether they got pink or blue booties you know that old thing <laughs> that you can differentiate but as far as your experience with them i think it's much the same they're just these little beings that you're protecting and 
trying to nurture. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, absolutely. It's hard and it's beautiful. The experience of parenting, especially, well, maybe regardless of age, is, is both ends of the spectrum in one. It's, it's really, really challenging and the rewards are incredible depending on your perspective, but that tends to be, I think, a fair thing to say with most parenting experiences, particularly when you're throwing sleeplessness and um, all that Absolutely. kind of thing. There's, yeah. there's tons, of, tons of challenges. I'm really, I'm really curious about um, the notion of, of conditioning, um, particularly from family particularly from parents to child. And um, I guess, Chad, let me throw it at you. How often do you refer when in discussion with your, your clients to the old um, cliche, tell me about the relationship with your mother or tell me about the relationship, tell me about your relationship with your father, tell me about the relationship you've got with your parents. Do you, do you find yourself saying that, wondering, shit, how did I actually become that person that just said that out loud or is it just me? Yeah, well, definitely. I'm, you know, from a lot of the stuff that I've studied and experienced, we're pretty much shaped, you know, from naught to seven, directs the rest of our lives. You know, that attachment theory stuff and, and gender roles and, and how we experience the world, you know, the um, a lot of faith and religious teachings play a big part in that first seven-year period. You know, there's a... There's a saying that the Jesuits used to have that, you know, give me the boy until he's seven and I'll give you the man. You know, and this was going back thousands of years ago. So, and that's probably where I was going with what I was asking Di, my experience, obviously being a male and, and being, being a tradie for a lot of my life, um, hearing predominantly men, talk about, you know, a daughter being born to a son being born is a completely different energy and a completely different, you know, if I was to watch them hold them or or interact with them, from my experience, majority of it is there's a completely different love, there's a completely different, it's almost like, that there is the answer to what I just said about the naught to seven. You know, maybe nicknames and, you know, the way that um, nicknames I'd give them or the way they are towards them. You know, in my experience, I'm a father of two daughters. I, I, haven't, um, I haven't experienced parenting a son. But just watching... Yeah, I think yeah, just just yeah. observing, you know, the, the same parent at the park, you know, and even my experience of, of growing up with with cousins and, and things like male cousins and things like that, you know, if um if the little girl fell over that was the same age as me, she was kind of picked up and, and cuddled and, and allowed to cry and nurtured and um and if it was me or if it was another male child of the same age, it was almost like, come on, suck it up, mate. It's all right, you know, suck it up. Wipe it off. 
hold back those tears. And I feel that that links into, that's where I kind of wanted to go with the question I led into at the start of this podcast today, this episode, was I feel a lot of that shapes who we are, you know, whether we hold in emotions, whether we don't know how to experience them, whether, you know, we've been treated differently to, to our in, in, a, in a household where, you know, there's different gendered siblings and, you know, like Di said, what what age you play in that, whether you're the middle child or the younger child or the eldest child, you know, what responsibility does an older male child have over a younger female child going into teens and, and going into primary school against, you know, a, an elder female child and a younger male child, you know, like all these, in, in my observation, Kids get parented completely different majority of the time, depending on their gender. You know, and then and then yeah, that, and, and position in family, yes, yeah. And that that yeah, and that kind of leads into you know the first couple of podcasts we've had about you know masculinity and femininity and mm. and taking control and speaking up and and knowing how to navigate the world and how to navigate intimate relationships. I was just curious when, when, when we were talking about babies before we pressed sneakily record there, Dean. Cheeky. Mm, um, how, now I wonder how my relationship with my kids would be if they were boys. You know, like I've got a lot of, a lot of friends who have got boys and they're out, you know, riding mountain bikes and kicking the footy and wrestling and, and I'm, you know, parenting predominantly. Well, I am parenting two girls and I'm colouring in and making bath bombs and, <laughs> you know, um, playing dolls with the youngest one. And so I, I, I do, yeah, I do. Um, it's just something I'm very curious about, you know. Yeah, just, well, what about your experience, Dean? Can you believe that I haven't actually I haven't actually thought about it that much? And just like all these experiences that we have, that we we when we don't know anything else. So you know, as a male, I, I haven't spent a huge amount of time contemplating um, the existence of being a female. I certainly contemplated my relationships personally to females, with females, but um, as a father of boys, I haven't actually spent a lot of time contemplating, um, you know, in the way that I contemplate, which is to place myself in the alternative alternative position of being the father of girls, like you are, Chad. Um, yeah, I just haven't spent a lot of energy actually wondering what my experience is like comparatively. But now that you've asked, <laughs> thanks very much. I, I do find that, uh, and I find myself saying this actually, generally speaking, that um, that boys feel like a, a relatively easy um, in some ways. I don't mean um, I don't mean in every way. I just think there's a slight um, simplicity to, to them to the male as we grow up in terms of our emotional complexity 
I don't feel like we're quite as emotional. Please step in, Di, and tell me exactly where I'm really friggin' wrong at any point because I am speaking out loud. I'll probably listen back and just go, holy shit, do they say they think that? Do I really think it? And I'm not sure what I think. I'm just seeing what falls out. No, that's, that's what I meant before when I said it's hard because I really, like you, hadn't very much thought about it. Yeah, it's really interesting. We, you know, in the professions that we found ourselves in, you know, we, we're contemplative beings, so we're, we're generally more contemplative than your average bear. Uh, look, as a father of boys, from a parenting role, I can I de- definitely speak experientially that um, I've got an intention to authentically um, guide in the way that I um, speak, act, do, um, and, and intention. Uh, not necessarily with the intention of um, trying to teach them, but just with that underlying background premise that they are watching all the time. And uh, I try not to take too much of a proactive hands-on approach and saying, you know, do this, do that. This is the way forward. You know, don't, don't even think about going that way, this way. I try and let them run their own race and use me as the most prominent male figure in their life. Um, well, actually, that's not true for my eldest anymore. It's actually almost not true for my middle son so much either. I do, I guess, abide by the premise too that as boys coming into teenagerness, they start to look to their, their mates as their guiding examples, um, especially the elder peers in their, in their peer group. Um, so, yeah, up until, I don't know, I'd say in my experience, 12 for the age of my boys up until 12 or 13, which two out of the three have hit that mark already. I was that that figure and I definitely was aware that they looked and watched my way and and took notes. Um, And like all of us, they took notes as to what they thought was um, something they wanted to not become or vice versa, something they thought they'd like to emulate. And again, consciously or subconsciously. So that's a really big pool of um, alternatives there when we think about choice consciously and then some subconscious underlies underlying conditions that go on as well. And yeah, that's, that's a much bigger story in itself. But as far as my role as a parent of boys, I am, um, yeah, I just... I just try and basically be really authentic and that to me would be basically regardless of whether they were girls or boys. And I I am also really mindful of exactly what you're saying, that I feel that you're saying, Chad, in terms of the condition that we've had um, through our father relationships, um, male to male. And I I feel too that we, generally speaking, we've alluded to this or spoke directly to this in the past um, podcast that, I don't feel like we're generally doing male relationships, male-to-male relationships particularly well in society, culturally. I don't feel like we're, we're that honest with each other as men um, and I don't feel like we're as open, nearly as open as um, what I feel like we, we can become. Um, and I feel very much that you know, they're two of the biggest things I'm trying to teach my kids by, by guiding an example and... Um, and I'm trying to really shed that conditioning that I too have been um, partially determined by in, in my upbringing from the old guard of, of my father, role model in my life. So, yeah, in summary, Chad, that, that male to male, father to son, you know, friend to friend 
whatever it might be, relationship, I feel like we've got um, a long way to go. And I think, you know, going back to masculinity and femininity in the, in the first place, in the first podcast, we're finding our way, but it's, it definitely is an up and down journey. It's certainly not linear. And um, yeah, it's curious. And likewise, you know, all the combinations of relationships between genders, mother to son, mother to daughter, Etc. Etc. There's a lot of room for us to be able to become um, more progressive, more evolved, in all these things. Dialects. Yeah. What does that bring up with you? I just. I know. I said so much then. Um, I guess what's sort of screaming at me is more. It's your own experience. It's so hard to separate your own experience of of being a child and parented from how you parent I mean I think we all had I had well I myself had a lot more education around that and so was actually conscious of over of overriding anything that I thought would be negative like so I probably made a conscious effort to be the same um, or it happened unconsciously because I'd already arrived at that decision myself, separate from my parents. But it is still very hard to take away that instinctive thing. I'm sure you've both found yourself cuddling or doing something with your babies or your kids at any stage and gone, oh, that's, you remember your own experience of who that was. Well, for me, that was my grandmother. My, my grandmother came out in me, not my mother. So my, my grandmother was much more emotionally connected uh, and authentic with me than my mother was. And I don't think, yeah, so that's an interesting thing. So that's something for you guys to look forward to too. Grandparenting is actually even more special because you have that experience and you have that objectivity, but you also have all the natural instincts of a parent. So it's beautiful relationship. But um I think that the biggest thing that was sort of coming up for me was my recollection of my father and how he reacted to us girls compared to the to to my brother and he was it was all around when especially as we hit puberty I think that's what you've got to look forward to Chad <laughs> you know when when your kids hit puberty that's when I think it's you know I know the the naught to seven is is crucial as far as unconscious imprinting of mannerisms and behaviours, but when they hit that sexual thing, that's when the parents kind of get really challenged on their values and how to handle it. Because, and then you, you tend to parent in the way that you thought was okay for you. Oh, I did that, therefore you, my kids can handle that kind of thing. So. Um, Whereas when I was brought up, my father was so about my morality and my not becoming, you know, sexually active or seen as that in the community and pure and all that virginity and things at marriage. Whereas this generation, um, my parenting was different because I was aware that that wasn't realistic and that, you know, we're animals and that we're, it's going to happen if you've, if your kids are going to hit that sexual thing and you really have no control to impose your own morality because if you say, 
if they say no, you're not allowed to do that, they're going to find some way to to follow their instincts, which are so much more powerful. And that masculine femininity, that's when, in my experience, my father imposed definite rigid rigid impressions of how a female should be. You know what I mean? You have to be like this. You have to not, no acceptance of, um, you know, they, they definitely had some sort of moulded image of what you were supposed to be, whereas I don't think I imposed that on my kids so much. And I think this next generation are probably hopefully even more, less so, which is, Obviously, why now it's safe to come out if you're if you're not identifying either way or trying to find your sexuality. I think it's safer in this generation because there's that lift in awareness of consciousness of it's okay that we could be fluid, you know, that we're possibly by um, a much more honest um, approach to that, I think, in the parenting Yeah, I love that, Di. You know, going back to that reinforces for me at least um, what I was leaning into with, with trying to guide by being as open and authentic as possible. Chad, what's jumping out at you? Oh, so much jumping out at me at the moment. Just um, <laughs> when you spoke about, you know, the father-son relationship and the male-to-male relationship, you know, and most of my clients um, haven't had a relationship with their father. Right. You know, and you also spoke, Dean, about, you know, males not being as emotional as what we probably could and, and as intimate as what we probably could. And, um, you know, if that hasn't been modelled to us, very hard to know how to do it. You know, if you're the... If you're the two-year-old boy at the park that's crying and just really needs some nurturing and you're being told to, you know, suck it up and take it off and get back on the get back on the slide when it's all you really need is a cuddle and to know, you know, it's, it's a safety mechanism, just a cuddle and a bit of nurturing just to know that everything's okay, you know. That's the basis of the whole attachment theory, which really I think is everything in relationship. You know, attachment theory... And conscious awareness around around your attachment style, which is, you know they say is formed in that early in that early phase of, it, of our lives. It's almost like until we're at a position in the world where we're modelled to be able to be emotional, and that it's okay as a male, mm. and that you know I'm sure I can't remember it, but I'm sure there'd be times you know, where you know, a boy, you know, a male child would be looking at his sister wondering why they both fell off the same equipment and she's getting nurtured and he's kind of told to suck it up because I, in my experience of, of being around lots of parks and playgrounds, I do see that happen fairly frequently, you know, and it is generally the men who are doing that um, because, again, like what Dean said, that's how they were parented, you know, and, and I said that, you know, we generally, 
you know, parent, how we were parented. If we're unconscious to it, we'll just unconsciously go through life, you know. Let's say most people are born asleep, you know. We live life asleep and then we die asleep. You know, not many people actually wake up during this lifetime to, to what is really going on, you know, unless we, we dig deep and do the inner work to find out all this stuff. Well, why, why do I parent differently? Why am I like I am? Why, you know? Why am I really disappointed, you know, and this wasn't my case, but, you know, I've known a lot of men who are really disappointed when they found out they were having a girl, you know, like almost to the point where they'd rather not have a child, you know. And, Why and I know, do you think that was? What, was that because they felt they didn't understand what a girl was and felt inadequate to parent? I've heard that a lot, like, oh, what do you do with, what do you do with girls or what do you do with boys, vice versa? Yeah, we're, we're getting to the end of the podcast, which might this might be good to carry on with our, with our next episode. But to me, I think it has a lot to do with this unconscious tradition, you know, like a, my family name is not going to go on if I don't have a, if I don't have a, a male, you know. Like, um, you know, there's, there's so much linked into all this stuff unconsciously, you know. For me, I am, um, yeah, I'm not sentimental one bit. You know, if I haven't used something in... If I've knew something in six months, I'm happily throw it in the bin, even if I don't know what's in the box. But um, you know, there's a lot of people who are sentimental, and I feel like it's, it's got a lot to do with that. You know, that name going on and that legacy and that. You know, there's there, there's so much in this topic. You know, and, and I feel like every time a client comes to me, it's generally because of, of a relationship, and you like you know, generally it's defective relationship that drive us to this inner work and drive us to therapy. And the whole basis of this podcast. So I'm just I'm just noticing we've only got two minutes to go, but um yeah I've 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 thoroughly enjoyed talking with you guys about this, and I feel like it's you know, it's really linking into what we spoke about in the previous episodes. Yeah, we're just yeah. scratching it, <laughs> just scratching the surface of the attachment parenting issue, really, aren't we? Yeah, such huge topics. Thanks so much, Chad. Thanks so much, Di. Um, far out, plenty to think about, that's for sure. And, yeah, I definitely find that the majority of my clients are coming to me um, through their despair of not realising their full contentness or peace within their relationships, typically with the partners that they've attracted. And and then that first cliche question, so what's a, what's a relationship with your parents like? leads us down that garden path really quickly of, um, you know, effectively where that conditioning um, and belief system has been cons- been constructed. With that, guys, let's, um, let's think about it for another week and see where we kick off next week. Thanks so much, Diana Black. <laughs> Good luck. And, you know, just bring love and joy to that little one. And Chad Taylor, thank you so much, Chad. See you guys soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Merry Christmas to everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah.